We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. And it's football time. It's football time. This is a show where we go over uh, the, the DFS strategy primarily. I mean, we're going to be talking about NFL. It's going to be NFL all the time, NFL this, NFL that. we got Sunday's main slate coming up. we got a showdown slate tonight, opening game of the NFL season so we, we talk about the tools, we talk about the projections, we talk about the strategy. I answer your questions in the YouTube chat. I see you guys here this morning, Sterling Woods, Real Life Pitcher, DFS Voodoo, Card Fan, Suki Singh, Joe Mack, Doug Montgomery, Daniel Hutchins, Adam Bear, Matt Mears, Colin Lawson, Tim Light, G.R. Sarceda, Con Campbell, Julian Wilson. Good morning. Hit those dummy thumbs on your way in the door, right? Give me those dummy thumbs. They help us out a lot. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live on this channel. So tonight, Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Showdown. It's showdown. And uh, to play showdown, showdown is a much different game than playing the classic slates. Okay? Especially if you're going to be playing the $10, like on DraftKings, they have a $10 Millie Maker. Let's let's see if there's a solo middle. I don't know if anyone's going to win the million dollars, but million up, million up top. Uh, a lot of I mean, 470,000 entries into that, right? Now, if you're playing the smaller field stuff, like a 300 man contest, okay, then then it's 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 not it's not as different as classic. I mean, to some extent, obviously the format's different, but like the approach that you need to take in order to build plus EV lineups in showdown for those large field GVPs is much different than the classic slates. In classic slates, I don't really consider. Am I going to be duplicated? No, I, I really don't. Showdown, that's that's like the number one priority. So uh, so I, I posted a question. Okay, because a lot of people, what they do, a lot of people, what they do, which is wrong. Remember, I 
To play DFS, you're playing lineups. You're not playing players. Okay, so in a showdown lineup, you have a captain, which is a 1.5x multiplier. This is DraftKings. And then five flex spots. And the positions don't even matter. Right, so you just you're rostering six players, but of course there's only so many players to roster in one game, right? Okay, so people, uh, what's what's what people would say? Uh, what, what do you think the best captain is? Well, I don't I don't care what the best captain is. What show me lineups? I don't care about players, but also when it comes to duplication, like the not being duplicated, you have to understand what types of combinations are available and how many are available. Okay, so I posted on Twitter yesterday uh, for the for the showdown stuff. The majority got the answers right. Okay, the majority, but a, a hefty, hefty amount didn't, which I, I still don't understand. You follow me on Twitter. How do, I, I, to me, these are simple questions. These are not these are not complex questions. So I first asked which type of construction typically has more combinations of lineups possible for NFL showdown on draft teams. Would it be a construction with a 10.5 K captain or a $7,500 captain? Okay. So we could, we could look at that here. Okay. So let's say we're going to use a 10.5 captain would be like Dak Prescott, right? If we use him at captain, the remaining salary is 68.80 to fit in the rest of your lineup. So in order to play Dak Prescott at captain, you're not in your prob- most probably not going to be able to have that many like high. If you play all these high guys, right, you're going to run out of you're going to run out of salary. Right. So if you play a expensive player in the captain spot. The main differentiation that you have to get less duplicated are typically all of these these cheap, really cheap guys. Right. That who knows may, may, may not even take the field. Maybe maybe on the field for two snaps. Who knows? Who knows? Right. So if you're going to play Dak Prescott a captain, if you're going to play uh, a, a Tom Brady a captain, understand how many combinations of the remaining five spots could there be? Okay. So now once you once you pl- play for expensive captain and try to fill out everything else, like if I press this optimize button. Right, we get Bernard, Gallup, Brown, Godwin, Prescott. Okay, but Bernard could come out and could be anyone under two K. Like all these guys, like it, it could you could replace this with anyone, like underneath. So if you want to play a hundred dollar guy there instead, right? You don't have to spend all of your salary. But the the combinations that I cannot play are the ones that include multiple high end guys from eight thousand and above. You probably could only be able to play three, right? If we if we fit in, like we try to do Prescott, Elliott, Evans. Let's reset this, right? Two thousand remaining. You can't. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to get anyone else, right? So all the guys up here, when you play an expensive captain, are not going to be able to exist in lineups. If you play three of them, you're still going to have to play like two punts. If you play two of them, you're going to still have to play one punt. And obviously, you could replace any of these guys with a cheaper play. But if you play a cheaper captain, but not that cheap captain. Like if we play Antonio Brown as captain. It was $8,400 in the captain spot. 
you have a remaining salary of uh, 8,300 per spot. So you can play Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, still 5,200 per slot. I don't think you could play Mike Evans there. No, you still can. Remaining average, uh, 1,200 for your last spot. So you get all of these combinations. So while the expensive captain, you couldn't play like three top guys, this construction you can, which means there are more lineups possible. And in a contest, if you're playing 470,000 entries and you're looking for the ones that are less duplicated, maybe not necessarily unique, what one, less duplicated, under 10, right? Under 10, a million dollars up top, under 10, that's still a six-figure score if you split it six ways, if you split it 10 ways. So a lot of people, they play, you know, the top, they all play Brady as captain and I'm going to get different by having a punt, right? I'm going to take Cedric Wilson as my punt. A lot of people are going to be playing uh, uh, Giovanni Bernard. I'm going to play, I'm going to play Scotty Miller or something. But understand that lineup is still, that, that lineup still may be duplicated 50 times. Just as we go, just by the ownership percentages here, like Scotty Miller, 1.5% on, Right. You play that chalk line, that Brady kind of chalk lineup and go, oh, I'm going to play Miller instead. Well, this lineup, like, okay, he's in 1.5% of lines out of 470,000. Okay, so let, let's round it up to 500,000, half a million lines. What's 1% of a half a million lines? 5,000 lines. It's 5,000 lineups that Scotty Miller is going to be if he's 1% up and there's 500,000 entries. Those five five thousand combinations. So what what's the more likely combination? The one with Brady and Cap, right? That same type of lineup, just with Scotty Miller there. So yeah, he's one point five percent owned. But remember, you're playing a five hundred thousand entry contest. That lineup could still be duplicated a hundred times. If you played like Chalk 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 City and a one point five percent owned guy, maybe Brady as the captain is isn't the best isn't the best chance at being uh, unique. And then I I asked a a second question. Which type of construction typically has more combinations of lineups possible if using at least 49.5K? So you're using most of your sound. I could have said 50K. I could have said 49K. But just, okay. Which type of construction has, has more combinations available to me if I use them as captain? A $9,000 captain? at 1.5x or a $3,000 captain at 1.5x. Now, obviously, just like the example before, the cheaper captain gives me more lineup possibilities, assuming that salary makes no difference, right? You play a cheap captain, you'd still leave 10,000 on the table if you want, right? But let's say you play a $3,000 captain. So let's say Giovanni Bernard, even even cheaper, the $2,000 captain. You go, oh, okay, I'm going to, uh, Giovanni Bernard projects well for 2000. I'm going to play him in the captain spot because no one, no one is going to play him in the captain spot. So where is he? Where'd he go? Where's Bernard? There we go. Okay. So we put him in there. Your remaining salary is now 9,400 per slot, per slot. Which means if we go here and we take the top players, Brady, Prescott, Elliot, Evans, 
then then we have to go down to like Gallup, right? And this is 49.6K. So if I have Gio Bernard at captain, how many combinations are there where I'm spending most of my salary? Not as many as you think, right? Because pretty much it's Gallup or above. Or you're playing Brown, you're playing, instead of playing there, you pay up somewhere else. Right, I don't play Evans, but I play Godwin, and then I play Brown or something like that. 48 foot, you're not even spending. That's not even 49.5K. So a lot of people, a lot of people try to get get sneaky and go, well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play one of the punt level guys, right? A kicker, a defense, those types of things. But then they they also spend all their salary. So if you play Giovanni Bernard and Captain, maybe. Giovanni Bernard at captain. Let's let's just say at captain, he's a half a percent owned at captain. It's still 500,000 lineups. What's half a percent of 500,000, right? 50,000 is 10%. 5,000 is 1%. Half a percent, 2,500. So there's 2,500 lineups in there that have Giovanni Bernard as captain. There's less than, there's way less than 2,500 combinations of possible if you spend all of your salary or most of your salary. So you think you're getting sneaky, but in fact, there are more combinations of Tom Brady at captain that are more likely to be less duplicated. I mean, that many will be duplicated than there will be for a Giovanni Bernard captain. But people think that this is the more unique lineup. Right, people think that I'm going to play a half a percent on captain, spend all the salary or most of it. Who's who's playing that line? Well, a hundred people. How many? How most people spend most of their salary. So if you're going to play a cheap captain, we'll leave five thousand on the table. Then ah, now now now, if we don't take salary into consideration, there's there's way more lineup possibilities. Like I said in this question. That's why I put in the salary. If you take out the salary and it's in how many combinations possible, it, the more than any, any other combination because you could leave 30,000 on the table if you want. That still is a combination. Is it a combination worth playing? I don't know. Probably not. So when you're strategizing on, on the lineups that you're building for this showdown tonight or in showdown in general, start thinking about how many lineups are possible. Now, a half a percent owned captain and you're playing a 500 man, you know, $100 contest or something or high stakes or whatever. Even even if you're playing a 5,000 entry contest, I think the 180, like the higher stakes kind of multi-entry one, I think it's 100,000 the first, $180 entry. So 5,000. Okay, so there's 5,000 lineups. What's half a percent of that? 25 lineups. Okay. Now these lineups may be more of a chance of being unique or at least duplicated only once or twice or something. But for the large field stuff, you think you're getting sneaky, but you're not. You'd have to get even more sneaky and go, I'm going to leave 7,000 on the table and still have Giovanni Bernard as captain. And then you have to compare that and go, is that even worth playing? So when you build lineups, think in terms of that. How many how many lineup combinations are possible because of the salary constraint? 
So, like, I'm not saying that you can't play Tom Brady captain lineups. If you've been playing a Tom Brady captain lineup tonight and you're using all of your salary, like, welcome to Dupe City. Welcome, welcome. It doesn't matter if you oh, I'm playing Scotty Miller there. Oh, well, so hundreds of people will do that also. If you're, if you're going to play, uh, you know, Mike Evans in the captain spot, right? Well, I can't even put him in there. In the captain spot, and then Brady on the other side. Right, let's let's say we do that. So let's say we're playing Mike Evans a captain. Most people will call, correlate with Tom Brady. So now you see here the remaining average of sixty-two fifty per slot. If you wanted to, you can make a calculator. You could do this in Excel. Calculate how many. If I did this, if I put Evans a captain and Brady a quarterback, how many combinations of the player pool? Fit I, the remaining salary is twenty five thousand. How many combinations are there that could make twenty twenty five thousand at most? If I put Godwin in there, obviously Godwin is cheaper. Godwin at the captain. Well, now it's twenty five nine for the remaining four slots, so that will open up some more lineup combinations. You put Brady up there, and let's say you put, uh, oh, let's see, let's say, because a lot of people will do this. They'll play both quarterbacks, right? Maybe they put Amari Cooper captain or something, right? Not going to be a popular captain. Then you, what, then you put two quarterbacks. Now you have three slots available for 15,800. Well, how many combinations are there? If, they, if both quarterbacks are going to be insanely owned, and Cooper's not going to like, okay, he's still going to be, he's going to be plenty owned. Like how many combinations of those three spots are there? Not as many as you think, especially in the large field stuff. So you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get different by playing Scotty Miller, you know, like or something, OJ Howard, Cameron Brait, you know, Cedric Wilson. I'm playing Cedric Wilson in that spot. And then, okay, it's fine. So we're going to play Cedric Wilson, like, like, whatever. Let's see. So we're playing Brady. Let's go to, to Cedric Wilson, right? Oh, he's going to be 1.5% owned. Oh, that's the way I get. Okay. Now I have 73 per roster spot. I'm going to fill this out with, uh, let's see, Brady. Could You probably want a uh, uh, Tampa Bay wide receiver. You take Mike uh, Antonio Brown. You have 9,000 left. You take Chris Godwin, right? You play a lineup like this. 49.6, Cooper captain with Prescott, Brady, Wilson, Brown, Godwin. Right. I mean, this this could be the winning lineup. It could be the first place lineup. Probably duplicated a ton. Right. Yeah, but I have Cedric Wilson in there. Yeah, but it's 500,000 entries. And you're spending 49.6. So this one piece. Yes. You're, yes. You're less duplicate. If this was Giovanni Bernard in this spot, which it can't be. Like, yes, that would be heavily, heavily duplicated. But just because you're playing a one percent owned guy doesn't doesn't mean that like like this lineup right here will be more duplicated than if I take Brady out and I put Ronald Jones in his place. Here is a more unique lineup. You're leaving. You're only spending forty three point four k. But now this lineup construction as a whole, you just changed one guy. And it's not like Ronald Jones is not going to be owned. He's going to be owned. 
not as owned as Brady, and this combination it may be unique. This lineup right here. I'm not saying it's a good lineup. I'm just saying here's a lineup, and it does make sense. So that's what you should be thinking about when you play these large field GPPs on, on DraftKings, on anything, on any, any. You should be thinking like this for any uh, sport slate that has a limited player pool and has contests that are very large. So that's MMA. That's PGA on very small field events. Like they have these invitationals. There's only 24 golfers, 36 golfers or whatever in it. That's how you should be thinking. How many lineup combinations can I make with certain combinations of players? So when you're thinking of, oh, I'm going to play a captain. It's like, well, how many lineup combinations? If I'm going to play, because you're going to start putting players in your lineups. Right? So if it's like, oh, I want to play Chris Godwin, a captain. I'm going to play Evans, a captain. Most likely you're playing the quarterback with. I'm going to play Ronald Jones. Oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to be sneaky. I'm not going to play Brady. I'm going to play Ronald Jones at captain, right? Or Leonard Fournette. Play Ronald Jones at captain. And then I'm going to play, not going to play Brady. I'm going to play Dak Prescott. I'm going to obviously pair Prescott with like Amari Cooper. Maybe they're running there. Maybe they're they're passing the ball a lot. So CeeDee Lamb. So you get here. So you have this this core of a lineup, and you go, okay, this makes sense. You have seventy seven fifty per roster slot left. So you go, oh, now I'm able, I'm able to get, uh, you know, I mean, you could you could play, you could you can play Brady in this lineup. I'll play Brady, right? And I have forty three hundred left, and you play a kicker, right? Let's see, you know what, suck ups four thousand, and you go there. And Ronald Jones has a two touchdown game or whatever. Brady throws a bunch, but to a million different people. So none of the receivers really get there and the, the Cowboys throw the ball a bunch. And you go, oh, this is, oh, I'm going to be unique. No, this line is going to be duplicated like 20 times. <laughs> I mean, we went through it all and just like, oh, look, but, well, how is this lineup going to be duplicated 20 times? Because, because it makes sense, right? If you didn't play Brady here, and let's say, you played Antonio Brown. That lineup, this may only be duplicated two or three times, maybe, maybe more, because you're leaving so much money on the table. People are more likely to spend their salary. So even though you seem when you play the Brady, when you play Jones and the captain, and you put Brady there, and you go, oh, this is this is unique. No, it's not unique. Oh, but these guys are going to be one percent or whatever. Yeah, but of a five hundred thousand entries. 1% owned to 500,000 entries. There's still 5,000 entries. Still 5,000 entries. So the number you, you go, oh, 1% sounds good, but it really isn't. Especially when you're using players together, six players together, which is what a lineup is. That's why we don't care about players. We care about lineups. So when I say I wouldn't play Giovanni Bernard at captain, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't like Giovanni Bernard. Just means that there aren't there aren't as many lineup combinations with him at captain that that are really worth playing that won't be duplicated. So if you're gonna if you want to do that, I'm not even saying that he that Giovanni Bernard should be you should be using him as captain at all. 
But people will do that. That's that. These are the mistakes that people make. That's why starting with captain, there's no such thing as starting with captain. Run lineups and see. If you're going to correlate some people, okay, make some groups. See, see how they turn out. And if you look, and if you look at a lineup, I mean, it's a very common, common trope in showdown, in NFL showdown with these large fields. If you look at your lineup and it makes sense, it's probably not a good lineup, right? It's probably not good because of distance will be duplicated so long. So if you run through your lineups and you go, okay, this well, I have this guy with that guy. I paid up for there, and if you do dot a, here's my five percent on guy at the punt or whatever. Oh, okay, this makes sense. Probably, probably negative EV. Probably a negative EV lineup. If you if you look at your lineup, you're like, I don't understand how this gets there. That's that that's that may be a better lineup, right? Play a lineup with no quarterback in it, right? Maybe it's a, 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 all the touch. You play a Zeke captain, and you play Ronald Jones and Fournette in the lineup. Ah, okay. Does it sound like a good lineup? No, it sounds like an awful lineup. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a lineup I, I'm, I'm comfortable playing. The more uncomfortable you are, the higher the EV the lineup is probably. Just due to the less, the least amount of duplication. So those, those, those things, that's the number one thing in these types of contests. Now, we go to classic, we, we're not thinking like that. Duplication is like 47th on the list, right? It's, it's going to be there, but you're probably never going to get to it. Okay, I built this, I built this, I built this. Okay, now, okay, will this be duplicated? I mean, you, you're never going to get there in a classic slate for 13 games. Two or three games, maybe. But for showdown, you start with that. That's number one on the top. Like I said, for large field GPPs. But even for small field, if you're playing a 300, 500-man contest, you still have to think about duplications. It's like, oh, I'm just going to play my cash lineup in there. That's, that's kind of pointless. That probably is going to be duplicated 20 times, in that, even in that contest. Do you have to get as crazy? Leave 10,000 on the table. Play Cameron Braid in the, in the captain spot. No, you, you probably don't, unless, unless that's what you want to do. But for the large field stuff, that you, you, you're playing. It doesn't matter how many lineups you're playing. I'm playing one lineup and one $10 lineup into the large field lotto million maker or whatever. Play a nutso lineup. Give yourself a shot. Give yourself a shot at winning money. Not cashing. Or when you win, that you win. You, you, oh, but when I win, I win. Uh, it's a 7 million way tie and I win $3,500. Like, yeah, that's nice once, but like long term, that, that's not profitable. Now, if you make a lineup and you think you're unique and you end up being duplicated 120 times, then obviously you need to work on figuring out how, how unique you're going to be. And if you win anyway, you still should be pissed because you made a mistake. That's happened to me plenty of times. I make showdown lineups and I'm like, okay, I think I'm good. And I see a couple of my lineups or I have a 160 way <laughs> duplication. I go, okay, well, that lineup sucks. It doesn't matter if it gets there or not. It's like I, met, I made a miscalculation. Those are bad lineups. Okay, going through the YouTube chat. Feel free to type in. This is your show, 
right? I mean, I lead it. If you've got any questions about Showdown, about Classic, whatever, about Lineup HQ, we've got some new features in Lineup HQ this year. Sterling Woods, Blender, do you think about the browser extension? That's helpful. If you want to use the RG browser extension on the lobby to see, you know, calculate rake or do anything like that, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't use the DraftKings desktop site. So I don't really use the browser extension. Like the only thing I, the only thing I do on the DraftKings site in the, in browser on a computer is just upload a CSV. So I don't even enter contests on their lobby screens on desktop. I do that in the, in the, in the app, on the phone app. Uh, but one thing I want to show about the lineup HQ, maybe it's a feature that I'm excited for that maybe other people won't be using, is that we now have the ability to aggregate projections inside of lineup HQ, Okay. To me, this, 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 this is a big advancement, for, for, especially for someone like me. But I know there's people out there that make their own projections or they look at multiple projections, right? Or they subscribe to the Blitz. So we have Derek Hardy's Blitz projections. So I have them loaded in here. But we also have Roto-Grinder's Gridiron IQ projections. In the past, you could just use one or the other, right? Right? Subscribe to Numberball. They have their, their projections available here. If you subscribe to that, you, you could download another projection set and upload it into here also. You could have always done that. But let's say I go here and I go, well, I, 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 I think Derek Hardy's great. I want to use you know his projections. But also I want to like even things out because maybe there are some outliers in some projection sets and not in the other. Well, I could aggregate them. I could add sources so I could upload my own and that'll be in the list. And then I could use that list to weight the projections and make an aggregate set of them. Okay, so right now, obviously I, I have the blitz selected at 100%. But let's say I want even weight between the blitz and the grid INR projections. Let's say you have your own projection set. You're going to do 33, 33, 33, right? Evenly. Or you want to wait one more than the other. Oh, I want to wait Derek Cardi's at, uh, at 70 and the regular gridiron IQ ones at 30. You could do that also. But let's say it's 50-50. Okay? Okay. So I want to aggregate them both together equally. Right? And I save my projection set. You call it whatever you want. I'm going to save it. It's called my aggregate projections. So basically, that's what it's going to do. It's going to average everything out. So there we go. My aggregate projections. So I could use this. So you click on the button, say use this. It's going to flip it over. Now everything in here, all the fantasy points and the ownership. I mean, if you want to include ownership in your own, they're tied together. And you get the average, right? You get the, you know, you're not gonna get the floor and ceiling anymore. You're just gonna get the average of the two. So if we take a look, for instance, like let's take a look at, at, at running backs. If we go back to, let's say, let's, let's, 
let's let's do, do Marcus Callaway. That that's a good one. That's that's one that there's a discrepancy on. So we go to Callaway, right? Callaway's now at twelve point three two. Okay, so remember that number. That's the aggregate. So I'm going to go to the gridiron IQ projections. Okay, where's Callaway? He should be towards the top, right? 14.71. 14.71 in the gridiron IQ projections. The blitz projections, the standard means currently have Callaway, they have Callaway lower. We look like this, we go down here, Callaway at 9.92. Okay. There you go, the aggregate. Assuming that you're weighting them equally. Obviously, if we weighed the Grin Iron IQ projections at 80% and the Blitz at 20%, Callaway's projection aggregate wise would go up. So we're going to go to the aggregate projections. So 14.71 plus 9.92 equals 24.63. 24.63 divided by two is 12.31. Then we go here. Where is, where, where is he? <laughs> Go here. Here's Callaway, 12.32, right? 12.31 and it's rounded up. So there you go. You have an aggregate set of projections. The only, if you're going to use this feature, like just caveat, you're going to have to do this anytime that the projections are updated. Okay. I believe, I believe, I, I, maybe I'm not too sure. I, it would be great if you didn't have to, okay? I'm just going to assume that you do. So it's not going to make, it's not going to do the aggregate. Like it's it's creating an, a projection set for you. So if you want to make a timestamp or something, if you want to name this, like right now it's Thursday at 11.30 a.m. But tomorrow, Cardi may have an update for the Blitz. The Gridiron IQ projections may have an update. Now, this is not the type of thing that you should be updating every two hours. But like at a let, like after, like if you want to make adjustments on Sunday, let's say you made you made this aggregate projection set Saturday afternoon. And then in the morning, Sunday morning, there's some adjustments. Someone's in, someone's out, who knows, inactives. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to rebuild based on that. Well, if you're still rebuilding on your aggregate projection set, it's from Saturday at three. You're gonna have to, you have to redo it. Right, you're gonna have to go back in and have it re-aggregate those projections. That's what I believe. I believe. I believe that's how it works. If it doesn't work that way, and it did it automatically, that would be great. But I just don't think it works that. Way. So here you go. And if you don't want, if you don't want to use my your aggregate projections, you want to go back to. You can go back to anything you want. Right. Right. You can make another one. So I'm going to go back to the standard mean projections over here. So load up and I can go back to the screen. I still have my, I still have the aggregate projections down here. But if I go to the upload download again, I can remove it, right? 
I go, nope, I don't want it anymore. Try to replace it. Confirm, remove, and it's gone. Now, I love to me, I love this feature because these this aggregate is something that I would normally do myself in Excel. And then you have to line up players because depending on the projection set you're using, sometimes there's a period and someone's name is a junior and there's a period or there's, you know, their nickname is in there and you have to kind of match things up. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I know Excel, but I'm not an Excel with whiz whiz. So a lot of times it's a pain in the ass. A lot of times I have to do it manually. So I'm getting, I may be getting sources from around the industry and trying to like aggregate them together. Now you could do that inside of lineup HQ. And you could choose to weight it with whatever way you want to weight it, right? You could save multiple aggregate projection sets. Right? Okay, this one is the weight of these things, and that's the way if you want. I'm not sure why you'd want to have multiple aggregate projection sources. But if you're someone that is not just relying on the gridiron IQ projections, not getting Derek Hardy's blitz projections, if you're making your own, because obviously you could, you've always been able to upload your own projections. But let's say you wanted to upload your own projections, but you wanted to weigh, let's say you wanted to weigh your own projections at like 70% and you say, well, I, re- I, I, I respect Cardi. So I'm going to, I'm going to aggregate like 30% of his projection, you know, weight onto my own custom projections for as a, like an error check and smooths it out a little. You could do that now. So that's why I wanted to, I wanted to go through this because yes, there are a lot of people. If you're newer, if you're not, if you're not projection focused, right? If you're just like, okay, just give me the green iron IQ projections and I'm fine. Okay, it may not mean that much to you. But if there's some there's a lot of sharp people, a lot of sharp players aggregate projections to some extent. So the ability that to be able to do this inside of lineup HQ rather than I have to do it inside of Excel. I have to aggregate them all together, make sure nothing gets screwed up. Sometimes the, the rows don't align and you, you end up ag- Ridley's uh, uh, thing is getting aggregated with some other wide receiver. And then you upload that. You don't realize you made a mistake. And now I mean, you look like, oh, why is this guy? Well, why does this guy have a 21 point projection, even though he's barely going to play? Like, yeah, because you screwed up. And then you would upload it and you do it that way. Here, now, very easy. I could just, whatever projection sets that I have access to, I upload in here. I go upload this, upload that, upload this. And maybe I don't aggregate them, but at least they're, they're all in line. I go, let me take a look at this one. Let me take a look at that one. Then if I want to make an aggregate projection set of like, I want an aggregate of these two, and then I want an aggregate of those two. I mean, you can, do, you can mix and match, do whatever you want. So I think this is one of the, the top new features of lineup HQ. I know people that, that watch the pregame show that, that are, are, you know, build their own projection models and stuff. Uh, very excited about this. Okay, going through the YouTube chat. Andrew Sullivan, if I wanted to do Smash projected ownership rankings for lineups, would it be better to use the sum of those percentages of the product? It would be better to use the product, but the sum is going to be directionally accurate. I mean, the sum is the sum is better than nothing, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Understand that if you have two 20% owned players together, that's different than having 
a 35% don't player and a 5% don't player. So the sum of the first one is 40. The sum of the second one is 40. But 35 plus five, the 5% guy, there's going to be less of those lines. You get more leverage in that, even though the, even though the sum is the same. So that's why using product would be better. But if you're playing low-owned lineups, right? If the highest-owned lineup is a 332 whatever percent, then you're playing lineups that have 150 some. Like you're probably good. You're probably even to get to that extent. You may not care that much about the product. You're fine down there. Michael Simpson, how do you feel about playing a backup quarterback? I never do. But sure, I guess he has some. Does he have a projection? I guess what? Quarterbacks get injured about maybe a couple of percent of the time. I mean, he can, I guess. The, the problem with the backup quarterbacks, the main problem, I would, I, playing a backup quarterback is way worse, way, way worse than playing like a sixth wide receiver or a fourth running back. So if I look, I look here, for instance, I'm more likely to play Semi Fehoko, who I have no clue who that guy is, or Jalen Darden, or Keyshawn Vaughn, or, or Corey Clement. I'll play them over a backup quarterback like 10 out of 10 times. And you're probably thinking, why is that? Well, look at the price of the backup quarterbacks. I don't think even think they're in here. Can I even hide on? I have to go to the, yeah. I mean, they're 9,800. Like they're, they, the reason they price these quarterbacks like this is just in case a quarterback gets injured before the game that you're not playing an $800 quarterback. But these quarterbacks should be priced if they're backups down and down where, where, where these $200 guys are. So basically what you're saying when you play a backup quarterback in showdown is that the starter gets injured, which will only happen a small percentage of the time as it is. And then they still end up being one of the highest scoring players on the slate at their salary. So you're saying that Prescott gets hurt and Garrett Gilbert was able to put up 25 points because he's 9K. Semi Fahoko, who I have no idea who it is, who that is, or any of these guys all the way at the bottom. Who knows if they, they even see the field? Maybe, maybe. They're the fourth wide receiver. They, they, they get three snaps. Well, they can get there in three snaps, right? 80-yard touchdown, done. And they're only 800. It's quite possible. There, there are slates where you play a Simi Fahoko or Jalen Darden. And that player has a zero, and it's the winning lineup because that's the only way you could have fit in like five high-priced players in the rest of your lineup. Like that's the only way that that could happen. And those five players are by far the top scoring players on the slope. And you're sitting there with a, with a Keyshawn Vaughn zero and, and you win. That's not going to happen with a $9,000 backup quarterback zero, right? That's not going to happen. There. So yes, there is a possibility. If the backup quarterbacks were $200. Okay. That, you can make some sort of case. Do I do it? I don't know. Do I do, I do it in some line of maybe still not. 
but at least you're giving me a case there because a zero for a $200 player in a lineup that spends all their salary, and that's the only way to get there, could actually win. When you're playing a backup quarterback at 9,000, you need like you need, you need to hit runner, runner, runner in order to even get there. They have to get injured. That quarterback has to come in, play well enough to put up a top six score. And a top six score at a price and beat out that score of all the other players below him, which is like everyone, which is he has to be able to beat out Godwin, Cooper, Lamb, Fournette, Gallup, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Jones. I mean, what's the likelihood of that happening? The only time the only time the only time it happened in recent memory is that Mariota slate last year. I still think it's too low percentage. I still think that lineup is minus EV. But sometimes it does. It happens. Craig Toe, Blender, I've never used lineup HQ for NFL. Last year, you use labs. In your Geo Bernard captain example, can you show how to make a rule so that when he's a captain, uh, you only use like 47 or 48? I don't think you could do that. Let's see. We have custom rules now. I'm not sure. Let's see. We have custom settings. Let's see. Can, can we do that with this? No, we can't do it with salary. That'll be added soon, I guess. Right. No, you're not going to be able to make a rule like that. A salary-based rule. Make a rule so that when he's captain, you only use like 47 or 48% of your salary. I guess you could you could hobble together something. You could use uh, player groups. So, for instance... I'm not saying this is the best way to do it. The better way to do it is create a rule that literally just says that. When Giro Geo captain, uh, salary max 48K. Like you, you should be able to do it in the custom ones, but you can't. The, the, the way that you would put it together is use Giro Bernard captain as your conditional player, right? And then find whatever, you know, in order to not use 48K in salary, you're like, oh, well, Brady, let's say, like, you put Brady, Prescott, Zeke, like the highest price players or something, right? You do Godwin, Evans, Cooper, Lamb. So you have to do some type of calculation or whatever. Like, in order to get under 48K, like, you could only use at most, like, two of these players or something, or three of these players. And that'll force you under, right? If you can only use, you know, three out of the top in the rest of your lineup, it'll force you into two cheaper players or something. So you have to figure out where that salary line is. Obviously, you're not sell- setting it by salary. You're trying to figure out what salary constructions are over 48K and avoiding those. So, that, so that's a way to kind of piece that together. So there is a way. So it's not necessarily the best way. Questions in the YouTube chat. Clint Friday says Garrett Gilbert isn't even on the roster anymore. Okay, so don't play him. There you go. Who's the backup quarterback for? Who's, who's the backup quarterback for the for the the Cowboys? Who is it? I don't even know. Kyle Trask, Ryan Griffin. Well, I'm just showing who's in the player pool. So definitely don't play Garrett Gilbert if he's not on the. Not even on the Cowboys roster as a backup quarterback for 9,000. Ben DiNucci. 
I don't know. Does it matter? If it's not if it's not Prescott, the, the Cowboys ain't winning this year. So that's all that matters. Max Hankin, can you show how to make if if Ronald Jones captain, then Buccaneers D gets a boost in projection in lineup HQ? No, we do not. Lineup HQ does not have correlation boosts. I wish it did, but it doesn't. You'd only be able to make a hard group on that. If Ronald Jones is a captain, right? Jones, captain. You could force in players. Right? You can make it, you know, but it'll always happen. You use exactly one player. If you do this, that means it'll be in all of your Ronald Jones lineups at captain. So no, there, there aren't there aren't correlation boosts in lineup HQ. At least not yet. There should be, but not yet. But you can make as many groups as you want. You know, if you play, obviously, like, you know, groups in showdown a lot of times, the correlations are like change player. Like, okay, if I have, if I have uh, Amari Cooper in the captain, I need to have Prescott in the flex, right? You know, because if, if Cooper has the biggest, a big game, then he's the top scoring captain, most likely the old Derek Pre- Dak Prescott is throwing the ball and getting the touchdowns also. So you can make those type of lineups. Or the type of lineups where the, the quarterback captains, right? You change player here, you go Dak Prescott captain. And then you put, you know, if Dak Prescott's the captain, I need at least Cooper, Lamb, Lamb, and uh, Gallup. I need, I need two of these guys, right? You know, you're going to do that. You want, but it doesn't give a correlation boost. It just forces it in. If Dak Prescott is the captain, use exactly two players, two men, two max of the players that are in the group. I mean, you could obviously add, you know, other guys, right? Schultz and Jarwin, Cedric Wilson. I mean, whoever you could add all their receivers if you want and go, well, Give me at least two, add two to three of these guys. We could do that. Craig Toe says, if you put zero to one, won't it use Bucks D sometimes and not some and not other times? Yeah, but ju- that would be just like anything else. Minimum zero, maximum one. Well, that's that's every roster. So what's the point of the group anymore? Right. If I, if I, you understand what I'm saying? If I put in Ronald Jones here as captain, if I put anyone there, it doesn't even matter. Bucks D. Use at most one of these guys. Well, yeah, well, you're already doing that. It'll have a minimum of zero, which means it's not in there, or it'll have one of it. Like the, those are the only two things that are, that are possible. So the group doesn't do anything. This group just is going to sit here. It's like, well, it's the same thing as not having a group. One other question. What is the difference between Cardi's projections and the standard RG projections? Just a different person creating them. Yeah. Different variables, different weights, different back testing. Just like any other projection set. No projection set is perfect. If there was a perfect projection set, they would never, no one would, we would never know about it. They would be, they would be, they would be godlike. But understand that 
median projections, one projection set, for instance, if I told you one projection set has, has an R of uh, 0.84 and another has an R of 0.84, would you say that they're, oh, it wouldn't matter which projections you use. No, of course it would, because 0.84 means, you know, you, you plot all of the players, all of the players, everything that you do. One projection set may have one guy this way and one another guy that way. But that line in the middle, that's how you, that's how you gauge the accuracy of projections, how correlated they are to actual, the actual results. You measure that in, in whole. That's why when people, people, when people say, oh, the projection got this guy wrong and that guy right, like that, that doesn't exist. The, the weights and everything, the variables and how you put together projections doesn't care what the players are. It only cares about all the data and the variables that you put in. So you can't say that a projection was right on one guy and wrong on another. They may be weighted more or less on certain variables, and that'll come out with, you know, obviously different projections for different people. But you can't. But you're not going to say, "Oh, this, oh, it, 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 this, this, uh, pr this projection set projects this running back worse than that running back," but he got that other back running back right. Like that, that does. You, it's not projections aren't done player by player. They're done as a whole with a whole group of data. So when you're measuring the accuracy, one's 0.84 and one's 0.82. I want to use the one that's 0.84. You know how, how, how marginal of a difference that is? And it doesn't tell you like in which direction on different players because you're not going to be able to know that on a week-to-week -week basis. Right? Let's say you have a projection set that gets it perfect on three players and horribly wrong on 700 other players. Like, yeah, that's, that's horrible, right? doesn't matter what three players they were. Why would I want to use those projections? They're so horribly off for anyone else. But they were right on those three guys. Like, that, that, that doesn't exist. I'm just joshing you. When checking to make sure you have enough leverage for the size of the contest you are in, is multiplying percentile outcome percentage directly accurate? I don't know what, I don't even know what that means. Percentile outcome percentage? No. You'd be, you'd be multiplying the ownership. That's what you'd be doing. When you talk about leverage, that word leverage, we're talking about ownership. Right, so you you want you want a lot of leverage. Okay, you want lower owned players. So when you're weighing the ownership of an entire lineup, you could just add the you could add the numbers together. Right, I could do that right here. It'll even show me. Right, one hundred and forty eight point three six percent is the addition of all of these ownerships. A better way would be the product multiplying them by each other. And the lower the number. The, the more leverage you have, if you want to use that term. Now, obviously, in Showdown, it's a little bit weirder because there's captain ownership versus non-captain ownership. If we just go by the regular slate, the main slate, right? If I run this, just show you in the lineup, right? Here's the median fantasy points. Here's the salary. And here's the total ownership, 93.5, right? Direction, it's directionally fine. I'm more likely to use product in, in showdown because there's less, you know, the sums don't matter as much. 
but you can use something. The key here is the exact numbers don't matter. Okay. I say I feel I feel people get get way too way way too caring about like uh, how many po- how many less less percentage points do I need for a per point? I don't know. L- less than they were before, but the exact number. What does it matter? Is ninety three point five percent enough? I don't I don't know. Is it enough? Do you think it's enough? Run lineups and see. I'm going to build a hundred lineups here and go, okay, what do the chalky lineups look like? They have a total ownership of, of 8 million or whatever, 180%. So can I play a lineup that's 110? Well, is it lower than 180? Yes. Then play it. Directionally, you're accurate. Directionally, you're correct. Okay. The top line, the top optimal lineup is 180%. I'm playing the Millie maker with a million people in it. And I'm going to play a lineup that is, one point lower projected and only gets one percentage point in ownership. No, you shouldn't. No. Yes, you're right. It's lower. It's not low enough. And then you look at a lineup and it's like, this lineup, uh, it projects for 20 points median and has a total lineup ownership of 2% because you're playing all 0.1% on guys. It's like, yeah, you're, you get tons of leverage there, but you have no projection. You, no, you ain't going to win with that. I don't even know if you can, how, how are you going to score points? Just raw points wise. But don't focus on the exact number. Oh, should I do the sum or the product? No, you're doing it in relation to other lineups. The, num- the exact number actually means nothing without a baseline. Different slates have different numbers, right? Different ownerships, right? You can have a slate where there's, there's three guys that are 60% owned. You go, should... Should you play any lineup that's 180% or more? Probably not. You probably not. Probably shouldn't be playing all three guys together. So any lineup underneath 180 is obviously better than the lineups that have 180. What exact number? I don't know. You'd have to run simulations to even see that. And even then, you'll find lineups that have 167% total ownership that are highly plus EV. And lineups that have... 110% ownership be half of that. You go, well, why is that the case? Well, that's particular line. The way that that one's built. Craig Toe, in your experience, what do you think is a reasonable amount of salary to leave on the table for showdown to get unique without sacrificing your lineup? Uh, I know there's no exact amount, but ballpark. Well, that's the key. That's the key. Remember the rules. Okay, I'm going to say them again. Remember the rules. You know you're guaranteed to be asking a stupid question. These are the rules. Guaranteed to be asking a stupid question. If the question can be answered with a yes or a no, or it can be answered with an exact number. What do I think is a reasonable amount of salary? It depends on the slate. It depends on the lineup. It depends on the contest. There are lineups for tonight's slate that leave 9,000 on the table. That are very good. There are ones that leave 9,000 on the table that are awful. They're, I would not play them in a million years. Same amount of salary left on the table. There are lineups that spend uh, almost all of the salary. Almost all, almost all of it. 49.6, 49.8, maybe some 50,000s. There may be some 50,000s that are, that are really good, are, re, are, are barely going to be used. 
right? Probably not the 50,000 ones, but maybe 49.5 issues that are fine. They're great. There are 49.5 ones that I shouldn't, you shouldn't touch with a, 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 a 10 foot pole. They're going to be duplicated 1400 times. So how much salary do you leave on the table? Right? Do you play a 49.5 lineup or do you play a $41,000 lineup? Well, there are $41,000 lineups that are playable. And there are 41,000 lineups that are not playable from a duplication and projection standpoint. And then there are 49.5 lineups. There are a lot of 49.5 lineups that are, that are going to be way too duplicated. But there's also 49.5 lineups that aren't. Right? So how, do, so how do I answer that question? How much lineup do you leave on the table? Well, it depends on the lineup. So once I say it depends on the lineup, that's why you can't ask how much, it, when people ask uh, about uh, you know total cumulative ownership percentages, they'll go through past like Millie Maker winners or whatever. It's like somewhere between 80 and 120. So they go, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into lineup HQ and I'm gonna set no more than 80 and no less than, no, no more than 120, no less than 80. Like why the hell are you doing that? You do that at, at your last resort. If you find a range of lineups that you want, then it's like, okay, let me get as many of those as possible. Sure, you could use that. But that, there's no magic number like that. If you do that from the very beginning, you're just limiting yourself to so many lineups that could be that could be better than the ones that you're making. Maybe there's a there, maybe there's one that's 132 percent that is really good. Maybe there's ones that are 72 percent that are really good. Now, they're probably not ones that are 200 percent because that's probably way too chalky at that point. But once you try try to come up with this number out of nowhere to start with. Like all it does is pitching you hole into, into not looking holistically at lineups, not numbers, not players. Oh, should I play this lineup? It has 149, whatever, and whatever like that. And I look at this lineup and I go, probably not going to play that in cash, right? Based on the blitz projections or whatever. You also have to rely on the fact that the ownership numbers are correct. If you're off on the ownership numbers, now, now, now you're in trouble. Now you start getting into big trouble. That's why doing it now, especially like for Sunday, we have some guys in our, our ownership here. Some guys are like way off. Rondell Moore is not going to be 3.4% off. He's, he's just not. It's going to be 10% off. And how does that affect the rest of the player pool? So even doing that calculation now is not even going to matter. These are things to do to help you be more directionally correct. Okay, so when I'm using the term directionally correct, that means the exactness is not important. Okay, the concept that you should know is the more salary you leave on the table, the less likely you do. Only because human psychology and the rest of the field tends to spend more of the salary. But that doesn't mean that there's not a 49-4 lineup that's good. It doesn't mean that a four, a four leaving 10,000 on the table is, is, is good either. There may be a lineup that's 47,800 that's duplicated 200 times tonight. You go, well, I left $2,200 on the table. Well, that lineup was bad to use. And then there's another 47-8 lineup that only three people. Right? It's the same exact same exact common, same as a salary sum, but different players in it. Right? I could I could go through, I could probably make 47 to 48k lineups that that in showdown. 
that is stone worst. Right? Geo Britain, right. I mean, I could I could go in there right now and do that. That leaves tons of money on the table. And go, nope, this is still going to be duplicated too much. So if I'm going to go in and go, and I'm going to go into my build rules, right? I'm going to go into build settings and go, don't give me more than, right? I go down here. I set the go 48,000 as my cap, 42,000 as my floor or something, whatever. And give me all those lineups, right? Yeah, but you still could get plenty of bad lineups. Yes, you're, yes, some of these lineups, a lot of these lineups are not going to be as duplicated. You're right. Direct, if you were to do this directionally, you'd be fine. But you're also going to be leaving yourself out of a lot of lineups that could be good. If you don't mind that, if you don't, if you don't mind the trade-off, then fine, then do it that way. That's fine. It's more likely that you'll find less duplicated lineups in this range than you would in, you know, I'm going to play, you know, 49,000 to 5,000, 50,000. I go, I'll give me all those lineups. Right. There's, these, these More of these lineups are going to be duplicated. A lot more of these lineups are going to be duplicated. But it doesn't mean all of them are bad. A lot of them are. And it also means that, oh, I'm going to leave all the money on the table. I'm going to make sure my highest line is no, leaving at least 7,500 on the table. There's plenty of bad lineups there also. But there's also, you're more likely to get non, you know, non-duplicated lineups or less duplicated lineups. But you're limiting yourself of getting other lineups that may not be in that range that may be better. So that's why I, I don't like answering questions like, you know, what 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 number is that? It depends on the, it, it seriously does. It sounds like a cop-out, but it does. It depends on the individual lineup. I'm sure I know uh, Daniel, Daniel Hutchinson's here, nerdy tenor. You could probably go through. He, he's going to go through what 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 Nerdy Tender is going to do. He's going to spit out all possible lineups, right? Which is you could do on Showdown. Somewhat easy, it's quickly, right? Classic Slater uh, that may take a while. So he's going to he's going to he's going to spit out all possible lineups and then take the blitz projections, the range of outcomes for all of that, and then run hundred thousand million simulations of all that. And then see what the scores of all the lineups are and everything in all the, each instances. And weigh it towards the, you know, he, he's making 473,000 lineups for the $10 milli maker. So it's like, okay, now he has the 473,000 lineups simulated in here. And then he runs the contest, you know, 10,000, 18,000, mi- million times. Who knows? Who knows how long, how many simulations he runs? And then sees what the expected value of those lineups are. Ding, 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 ding. And obviously, the expected value of, of lineups is going to be heavily, heavily, heavily determined on duplication. So then he goes through and he runs that. He runs that. He uses the ownership. And and then it's like, here's the 150. Here's the 150 most profitable lineups. Some of them will be 42,000. Some of them will be 49,8. Some of them, right? The thing with Nerdy Tedder is that he's just gonna he's just going to look and go, I don't know why. But that's that, that's that's what the math that's what the math says. Why is this forty nine eight lineup has a higher EV than this forty one eight lineup? Well, who knows? But obviously, if you run if you run that lineup construction and the way the ownership shakes out, it does, right? I could explain it a little bit better because I'm trying to get to the point that he is more manual, more directionally accurate. 
So that's why going through lineups. I'm going to build 100 lineups tonight. I just don't run this and just like, I'm in, didn't even bother looking. No, I go, I look at each individual lineup and go, yeah, that's going to be too owned. Nah, that's going to be, or the, most of the time I'm going through for that reason. Not like it's, it's not going to be, oh, this lineup doesn't make any sense. I don't care as much about the correlation. I care more about, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to limit this one. So a lot of times I'll, 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 I'll make, you know, 200, 300 lineups, iterations of those, and then go through and eliminate ones that, that just by just by sight go, I think there's going to be more than five, more than 10. For this, I, I mean, for MMA, I would do like five or 10. For this, then maybe, I mean, I get under 20 dupes in certain lineups. But you can go through, you could easily weed out ones that you, you could look at at sight and go, yeah, I could just tell. I could, I could see someone hand building this. So if I could see someone hand building this, that means it's 100, 300 people that are doing it. Okie doke. Adam Bradstad, would you consider playing a defense in the kick returner from the team for double points, right? Because they're correlated if he returns one. Is that being different enough? It depends on, I'm going to continue to say this. Can I answer the question with a yes or a no? Obviously I can, because you're asking for a yes or no. Is that different enough? Well, I don't know what's in the rest of your lineup. That could be fine. It could be horrible. It depends on the lineup. We're playing lineups, people. We're not playing players. If you play the kick return, I don't even know. Who's, who's the kick returner? I don't even know. So let's say you play the Cowboys kick returner the, 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 and the Cowboys defense, and then you play, I'll play Brady Prescott and the four chalkiest players. Yeah, that's probably duplicated too often. That's the large field. That That is probably still not, that's probably not a good lineup. But if you don't play the, if you play that without the two quarterbacks, now now you're getting better. Now you're less likely to be duplicated. So it has nothing to do with do I play the kick returner or the defense. It's more about what's in the rest of your lineup. So answering that question makes makes make I can't. There's no there's no way to answer it. Daniel says he does five hundred thousand sims. So there you go, five hundred thousand. Okay, doke. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit it. Hit the thumbs. We'll go over some of this. We'll we'll have this in results DB uh, tomorrow. We'll go over that tomorrow. We we'll get casual Friday tomorrow. We'll go over you know probably Sunday slate stuff. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is you want to talk about about NFL DFS strategy. That's what I do. So on your way out the door, thumbs up buttons. Subscribe if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got a lot of shows here on the YouTube. Coming up this week and every week during NFL season, but uh, I'm always here with you answering your strategy questions Monday through Friday on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 